magic, murder, problematic misogynistic undertones? Join us as we delve into one of Britain's best-loved TV shows. So grab your duffel coat, don your curly wig, and dig up that 90s character actor as we welcome you to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Podcast Macabre. It's the end of the series as we know it. It is. It is the end of the series as we know it. I like that. A little R.E.M. reference. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, the end of the world as we know it. Mm. Um, well, for uh, Carla Borrego, at least, who uh, never returns again. Never returns episode. again. No. Um, we've already seen the departure of Mr. Baxter, mm-hmm. um, played by Adrian Edmondson, his last uh, performance in the last episode. Um, but we, we still hear about him in this episode. Yeah. Some little references. Briefly. I'm quite sad. It feels um, like... The end of the first era of podcasting. Well, yeah, it, it was. It was a long. It was a. It was a long wait, wasn't it? Before we got the uh, Sheridan Smith, yeah, uh, specials, uh, Christmas specials. Um, at least half a decade, if not more. I can't quite remember, but it was early part of the 2010s, wasn't it? I think it came back. Um, and we're sort of in 2004 here. So yeah, a fair, a fair break. Um, it felt like a long time. So yeah, so this is this is the end of of the sort of yeah, I guess what I the think series of kind of canon. Yeah, 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 and the rest are sort of these one-off specials that happen yeah. much later. Um, so yeah, and what what a way to end season four with an utterly <sighs> right ridiculous episode. <laughs> so I have been kind of enjoying all of this uh, watching the episode with glee because i know quite a lot of david's feelings about jonathan creek in general stem mainly from this episode yeah like you you have such a frustration about it it's nonsense um, and we're going to explore that for you now um so with this this episode uh as we said last one in the canon is um gorgon's wood yes um which is a fantastic title for yeah. Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Um, and it is directed by the great Sandy Johnson. It is. Which is makes perfect sense. Yes. Um, he's been on board for all of this series, actually, I think, hasn't he? Most, uh, most yeah. I'm not quite sure if it's every episode, but yeah, um, most, most and, he's directed uh, this series. And it has some great actors in it. We've got some yeah, really big yeah. kind of names. Yeah. Um, um, Celia Emery um, yeah. being probably the only the name. main well yeah but you, yeah. michael cochran's a big kind of yeah. you recognize his face from yeah, a lot of tv and film he's not a name is he in the theater world like rsc and yeah. national theater and um he's always he's always in an ep- one episode story arc of like downton downton abbey and the queen the crown sorry all those playing mm. old posh people yeah um he's got such an interesting face he does a- very very long forehead. Very long forehead. Um, and quite, I think, quite sinister. Yeah. I wouldn't cast him as a bubbly uncle. Especially not after that. <laughs> Let's not, I don't want to talk about episode. him being an uncle. Um, but we're going to have to. Um, so, yeah, just before we kick off into the episode, I found a couple of quotes online uh, <laughs> uh, about this episode. One's from Alan Davies. Um, and he says, uh, The thing I remember best about Gorgon's Wood was that it was shot in this beautiful wood with these extraordinary beech trees that had been lopped when they were young and had grown elaborate growths. So I'm glad that, you know, working with Celia Emery, working with yeah. Michael Cop- none, none of 
what he remembers about this episode were the trees. Yeah. So that's good. It shows how much he cared. That's, yeah, quite um, bizarre. And the other one's David Rennick. So evidently, when this series aired, it aired in two halves. Um, there okay. was a several month gap between the first three episodes and the last three episodes. Right. Um, he says, the reason why this last season has been in two halves is simply because I couldn't produce six scripts in time. It's no more sinister than that. The BBC wanted another six shows and would have made them instantly. I told them, well, if you want six shows, you're going to have to wait till the middle of 2003. They didn't want to wait that long. So they said, if you can give us three now, we'll make those, put them out, and then do the other three next year. That's literally how it happened. I don't really know whether or not I've uh, just got a lot slower. Maybe I have. It's harder and harder to come up with the fresh original thoughts, and it does seem to be taking me longer and longer. It was a bit of a struggle even to make three shows in a year. Wow. <laughs> That's... Wow. <laughs> Again, every time we find quotes from David Rennick, it just answers more and more of the questions yeah, we it have it makes a lot about of Jonathan Creek. I mean, in some ways, I quite admire his honesty. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's a lovely quote to end the, the series on. And the... But it, and it does explain a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I'd be more forgiving if they said, yeah, I had to write them all in six weeks. Like all yeah. of the epi- yeah. all all a hundred episodes yeah. of Jonathan. I had to write them all in a day. Like, yeah. That would yeah. make more sense yeah. than yeah. A it year. took me a year <laughs> to write three <laughs> of the most disappointing ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I think that right. you know the bird bath in the garden was very busy. That's very in, true. He yeah, does get a lot distracted. Of, lot of wrens coming yeah. in there, and we've got a lot of references to ornithology. Yeah, um, in this episode, maybe that's come from Renick's own hobbies. Most know. probably. Who the, knows? The, Don't ask Alan Davis. He was just too busy <laughs> looking at trees, looking at trees to actually um, care about anyone he was working with. So yeah, so the episode starts uh, it's like with a, a document. It's like a sort of cold open because you get. Yeah. It should. It starts with what should be a cold open. Yeah, but you've but already, you've had, already the had the credits. Yeah, so, but it, like you've done yeah. cold opens and then you've decided not to do them anymore. Yeah, and now you've done a half and half one. It really jarred with me, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's an episode of an imaginary documentary. Yeah. Um. Well, imagine it. I tell you what it is. Uh. It's, you know, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. And you're like in between the people asking for the things to be evaluated, mm-hmm. they do little mini documentaries of like yeah. Michael Aspel going, oh, and this particular piece, here's the history of it. Yeah. Like, it's that. It's yeah. that. So I think it's meant to be some sort of Antiques Roadshow programme. Cut so. a, like cut away from the main bit of the programme. It's presented by Bamba Gascoigne, which is <laughs> odd. Which is a university challenge, wasn't he? Before... I think he was the original yeah. uh, university challenge. Um... So 2000, I don't think he's... Is he still with us, Bumper Gascoigne? I've got I a feeling say he might have... No, because I also not... think that anyone who you <laughs> haven't heard of in a week has died. That's like... I do... That doesn't tell us anything. Cubs or I do have this problem where when um, elderly celebrities pass away, about 90% of the time, I'm convinced that they've been dead for about 20 years. Because they haven't been... They haven't done anything for a year. Yeah. Um, Bambergasco is still with us. I am oh, foiled again. He was born on 24th of January 1935 and he's wow. aged 85. Very good. Um, after, yes. Um, I've, uh, well done on not dying. Yeah, well done on not dying. He was the original quidmaster of uh, yeah, University Challenge. Um, but he does have, uh, it's a, he is a history guy. Yeah. So it would make sense that he was uh, he was involved in some kind of historical I mean, programme. It, it doesn't make sense that he's... I don't know if it makes sense that he's happy to 
be a part of this. Yeah, fine. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he just thought, oh, I'll buy a new history book with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But it's very good. So, yeah, so it's it's a weird his, uh, little documentary about this Japanese statue. It's a Shinto monk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and he kind of, it's an explanation in quite a lot of detail of the Shinto. Yeah. But the whole thing has this weird filter, like soft focus frame around the outside. I'm like, I don't know what... I don't know what documentary does that because it looks like a dream no. sequence. Like I don't no. know why because, that's done that way. Like, for I the don't whole know. Thing. Like I used to, my grandparents are still alive. I used mm. to come home from school, and I would like about two or three times a week, I'd pop in on my gran and granddad who, who'd moved around the corner from us mm-hmm. in the kind of later years, and I'd go around and watch a program with granddad, and yeah. that would always be like Countdown or. Uh, you know, whatever was on at four o'clock in the afternoon, Antiques Roadshow, those yeah. guys, you know, David Dickinson's, and the TV was so dusty and kind of like dirty and smudged because they didn't really see those things because their eyesight mm-hmm. was bad, and it that it looked every everything you watched on my grandparents' <laughs> television looked exactly like this filter. <laughs> I think what they've done it. I mean, you know what they know what Verity Lambert's attention to detail. You right. think they've done it to make it look like someone's dusty television? They've tried to make it <laughs> look like those talk? programs, forgetting that you've only ever seen those programs on the par- on the television sets of grandparents. <laughs> That's what they've done. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I don't Brilliant. know. I don't know why they have the frosted Brilliant. glass, but that's the way I logic it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, and then um, we learn that this statue uh, now is owned by a gentleman by the name of Owen Glendower, yeah. who is a celebrity chef. Um, yeah. he's a celebrity chef. Yeah, with who's a millionaire. Yeah, who has who has a, a passion for uh, expensive things. Yeah, um, like I don't know. I know celebrity chefs obviously are huge now. Yeah. But in like the noughties, they were kind of starting. It was a new, relatively. Uh, no, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I mean, well, you look I, at like. I don't. Like Gary Rhodes, Lloyd Grossman, like. Yeah. 90s, early noughties. So I suppose he's a Lloyd Grossman. I'm not saying it's happened. It wasn't. They weren't huge there, but I don't know how rich he is to own a 2.3 million Shinto. Oh, I, I just I, and his I, house looked like a just semi-detached. Yeah, like, yeah. I it, think there's, I didn't yeah. get the impression that he was very rich because he looked just like an average guy. <laughs> yeah, and his book was kind of like a almost self-published yeah. kind of quality. Which is and his kitchen was just your mum's kitchen, like which is the opposite of normally what they do, where they give people yeah. huge mm, sprawling manor houses that have like middle class jobs. Like it's yeah, it's I, normally the other way around. My so. point is, I don't, I it's that thing of going. These are the important mm-hmm. first few minutes of television where you tell us who they are. Yeah, and you have to just very quickly tell us this is the type of person this character is mm-hmm. and John, david rennick's just really bad at it yeah not least because he doesn't understand what people do for a living but also like there's this, this weird juxtaposition the whole come time. on he's got to write three hours of television in a year i mean it's very tough he's yeah. a very busy man yeah. um ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so he reveals that this statue is going to be uh on a brief display at a small museum in buckinghamshire yes which is where he grew up. Yes. Um, and he's been convinced by the museum uh, curator yeah. um, to 
to bring this because yeah. it would be a real cultural boost, a, sh- a boost for the for the local town, a cultural shot in the arm. Yeah. Uh, and he was a bit suspicious of it, but he did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we go and meet the manager, don't we? Well, I suppose we we learn a little bit about. Stuart Milligan's backstory. I was going to say, yeah, we've we, got we should. The, what what we should do, and what the episode should do, yeah. is take us to Celia Imry. <laughs> what it decides to do is think everyone's missing Adam Klaus. Yes, none of us are. Uh, hey, but no. hey, hey, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So we go to this elderly lady who has supposedly been accidentally hypnotised through the television yeah. of Adam Klaus doing a, a hypnosis trick on a program. Because you know he's got these massive weekly primetime programs along with his live show, and in a minute going off to do a reality show, and also the street magic, and the street magic, and and the um the physical endurance tests. Yeah, but still, the person that runs all of this spends has the time to spend most of his time solving mysteries. Um, Fine, fine, yeah. Um, so so we meet him and. He goes round to mm-hmm. see the lady who's got a lawyer who's yeah. suing him because she's, you know, yeah. catatonic. Um, and he, and Adam Klaus st- tries to bring her out of it. Yeah. Which is confusing because he knows that he's not a real hypnotist. Yeah, yeah. So he, and then he yeah. says to Jonathan yeah. after they leave, like, do you think she's faking it? Like, yeah. Well, obviously, because you're you, not a... You know that hypnosis You know it's not yeah. real. Yeah. So you know, so why are you trying to bring her out? Like... <laughs> what any of that scenes for who's it for the benefit of no i know because you know yeah. that she's lying yeah so why are you pretending she isn't yeah to, for yourself yeah for, there's a lot of that there's a lot of who is this for the benefit of oh I, i've got a great one about that later on um i'm sure you picked up on it as well but um and then and then we learn that jonathan is now adam's agent as well which he's ne- Credit to Dave Rennick, he's been a lot of things. He's never been his agent before. Yes. But now he's booking gigs for Adam, which has never happened. Yeah. So so he goes, oh, uh, Channel 4 are doing, of course, because Channel 4 are doing a, a new reality show called Animal Farm because an, anything George Orwell brings in the big bucks now. Yeah. You've got Big Brother, Room 101. <laughs> now they're doing a thing where celebrities are going to be uh, animals for a week, live as animals on a farm for a week and you and i instantly thought of the channel 5 reality show the farm yeah um which is a really <laughs> weird kind of spark my memory but i um but i did that thing though where i conflate the two things and i imagined like paul daniels and david mcgee mm-hmm. rolling around in the mud and that never <laughs> happened that never no, happened no they were being farmers they weren't yeah, being farm yeah. animals but, I, but i've seen this before so i yeah. put that together As the t- yeah over it's like the whole news story about the man who got chained to a radio <laughs> it is, it is. Um, i love how much of jonathan creek's infiltrated your memory of yeah. real life yeah <laughs> it's just it's a worry it's a worry um so yeah so that all happens and adam agrees that he's gonna go off and do this reality show um and, of and course then it's, it's another dig at Channel Four. Yeah, yeah. And then it's ages before we get back to that storyline, which is weird. Yeah, like they completely forget about the B plot for so long. Um, I, I just want to also mention there's a couple of weird things. Michael mm-hmm. Cochran always plays, like I say, quite posh kind yeah. of characters, and in this scene, he's playing quite a posh, you know, rich guy. Yeah. guy um, who, but lives in a modest house, and when he's talking about oh yeah, the the Shinto monk to Bamba Gascoigne, yeah. He um 
they they make this big thing about the fact that the monk's got really sinister eyes. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm quite convinced he's a wrong one. Yeah. Which feels like a jarring line. Yeah. And um, I mean, says, yeah, look, no at, way- look at his eyes. I'm like, there's no detail. There's no detail in the eyes whatsoever. There's absolutely there's no, no detail. You, can't, you, could, you could look at that and impose literally any emotion in the world because they're just... They're, yeah. They're, they're not... You could, <laughs> they're just two very basic sculptured... It's a oh. Japanese man with a beard. Yeah. And that's why I think it, there's a slight undertone of kind of racism there. Yeah, maybe. I, I Like, it's... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. There's yeah. nothing in the art. Like, and also, again, you've written it. Yeah. So you could have made the prop have sinister eyes and you decided yeah. not, or don't put that light. Like you could have done either of those things, not yeah. not got a prop that doesn't have descript eyes in any way and then keep a line about how the eyes are a specific thing. Like, and also thing. why have a really posh person use the phrase wrongen yeah. when it's the, like, we, every line is so important in the first 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. of the TV show because we need, to, it's episodic. So we're not going to meet these people. We, yeah. You need to tell us exactly who they are really quickly. That's how you write television. Yeah. Why don't you know this? You, you, why do you do it to us? <laughs> but fine. Sorry. Again, very pedantic, but it's the last one for a while. So come on. We'll do it. But then we do. We do go and yeah. meet Celia and Marie. We go, yeah, we go to this museum in Buckinghamshire. Uh, we meet Celia and Marie and the statue has arrived. And there's four policemen. And she and they arrive and she in the hall in the lobby. Yeah. And she says, I'm the manageress. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that around. It sounds really weird now. Yeah. I would never have... Like, if someone said manageress to me, I'd be like... Yeah. Uh, man- I'm, manager. I mean, it's also never, never been the title of someone that runs a museum. It's curator. She's the curator of the museum, so I don't know yeah. what she's called. And he refers to her as yeah. the, the curator. Yeah. Which is also odd. Yeah. Considering <laughs> every, everyone knows there's a lot a bigger length than that. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, he's he the curator. But for that, put she introduces him as the manageress of the yeah. museum. But also, it's the lobby of a museum, and yeah. then inside the museum, it's a church hall. Yeah, it is. A, yeah, I don't. Understand. It's a village hall. <laughs> I, don't, I I I remember this really clearly from every time I've seen this episode, and I always think it like, what? Where are we? Because that's not a museum. Yeah, like you clearly couldn't get the like permission to film in any real museum, so you just retrofitted a church hall. Put a few props in it. Like, yeah, it's it's not. It's not a museum. And why is nothing else in that huge hall? <laughs> it's a massive bingo hall. And they've decided to put this one tiny thing in the middle of it. Like, yeah. if it's a museum, that's the size of the museum. So yeah. why isn't yeah. anything yeah. else? It's not really a museum, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's the valid dress of a bingo hall. Um, and then it comes out the box. It comes out the box and um, uh, her daughter turns up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gillian, uh, played by Alice Patton. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Alice Patton is? I, I know that she's kind of quite. She's done quite a lot of uh, films and TV. Six Wives of Henry VIII. And... She's the daughter of uh, the 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 last uh, um, uh, colonial governor of Hong Kong and former MP, former MP for Bath, my hometown, Chris Patton. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's an uh, interesting yeah. Oh, t- Terrible, terrible man. Um, yeah. Did you hang out with Alice when you were younger? Different generation. Yeah. No, she's uh, older than me. But yeah, he, he was, I think, 79. I, I mean, it was actually, was, yeah, it was before I was born. Yeah. It was 79 to 89, I think he was uh, MP for Bath because it's been Lib Dem, except for those two years, most of my life. Um, but yeah. But yeah, he's, awful uh, human. Uh, yeah, yeah. Said some very stupid things recently about the Cecil Rhodes statue because he's, 
he's now he's like the the top person of Oxford University, the head chancellor, whatever. Right. Um, and he said some incredibly racist things recently. So yeah, uh, awful person. But his daughter's a good actress. So I think she's very good in this. And there's a lovely little surprise later on. Yeah. Um, but there's the thing I'm talking about: the monk coming out the box because there's so much music and chanting. There's like, oh no, yeah. So the, yeah, the. I didn't have to do it, did I? The statue has its own theme tune. Yeah, that has to play every time you see it, which I don't think is necessary. But it's it's still only about a tenth of the 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 force and pomp. Uh, that the music that underscored the Bible coming out of the box last yeah. week. It's not. It's not a patch on that. It's not a patch on that. But, but it's, yeah, it's, it's still there. Odd. It's relentless. Um, and like, is it because yeah. like do you like we get that it's East Asian? Yeah. Like you keep having to tell us with the music. Fine. Um. So yeah. So she she holds it up and kind of looks a bit mesmerized by it and goes into this sort of covered, like thick muslin covered box. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of booth. Um, where it's obviously going to be on display. It's all made of paper. <laughs> and she says, "Uh, sorry, do you mind if I have a moment alone? You'll think I'm mad. Yeah, you'll think mad, but can I just have a moment alone? No one's, no, no one, one says, says yes or no because <laughs> it's just the policeman that bought, and they don't really care what she does with it. Yeah. Um, so she uh sits down, cross-legged, uh smiles and then she pulls like the blind so like the door so it's yeah. completely enclosed box now and then closes her eyes um and i'm gonna come to why that's so stupid later on <laughs> yeah, but yeah. um uh, then um there's a time again a time passing montage, montage how long for do you think the montage is <laughs> it's definitely longer right, than definitely the longer than a minute right and we know that it's a minute max, and uh, later on it's said that it's under a minute. Mm. Uh, but the montage is longer, and it's just yeah. a montage of Celia and me with her eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. The people, the police, all around the yeah. box, like, yeah. And the mon- again, the montage is longer than the actual thing. It's trying to show the time passing. Not for the so. last time this episode. No, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then she screams. Yeah. Um, and says, "It's gone! It's gone!" And they rush in, and obviously the statues disappeared, but no one entered or left. So and again, sort of riff on a locked room mystery. It's the same spirits. kind of thing, isn't it? So yeah. I don't know why it took you a year to come up with it, or a third, three, <laughs> month, three months to come up with another locked room mystery, <laughs> basically. Um, and, and yeah, and my favourite thing about it is the police give her a pat down. <laughs> Yeah. Like how, like how big would you say the statue is? I, I don't know. I've, it's probably um, about a foot and a half, right? Yeah, Two feet, foot and a half, maybe. Like, if you can't see it on the per- person, yeah. Where, like, what, like, what would happen if you patted it down and found that but, would be the weirdest thing in the that's, world? That's not the weirdest thing they do. They also take apart the paper box, smash it. Yeah, like, well, if it's in there, it's now <laughs> it's screwed. Now, isn't it? It's in pieces. Like. If it was it, I know. I tell you what, it's really delicate. Two point yeah. three million pound thing. Let's take it, and if it's in here, we'll bash it open. Like, well, no, that if it's, it's precious, it's, don't destroy. It's people that have no idea how to search for something. No, but fine. But they do, and that's the that's that mystery, right? Yeah, is the vanishing of that. Yeah, and at this point, I think now we go back to Jonathan. Yeah, we go back to Jonathan, who is uh gone to meet Carla. Yeah. 
at a signing for Carla's new workout video. So I don't really know why. No, I don't know why. I've got no idea why, in fact. No. Because Carla's, at this point, we don't. she's not making any TV. No, it doesn't seem like it. They're not she's, working she's together. Promo- no, she's promoting this. They don't have any romantic connection. She's no, yeah. like... We... Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway... He's just basically keeping her company... Yeah, keeping her company while she's Mr. doing... Mr. Max is in signing. And, in, and it becomes a whole thing for the purposes of um, a masturbation joke that he's <sighs> alluding to the fact that people are buying her workout video to pleasure themselves to rather than to actually follow yeah. because she's giving away face wipes he makes a joke about giving away tissues and this like yeah it might get a bit sticky yeah and it's just he says they're all so juvenile said you're gonna and, s- flog these for a to, to a apart from a couple of dim-witted plumpers yeah like that's, that's plumpers <laughs> yes i mean it's a funny word but it's yeah. still why is jonathan creek's character so horrible yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so that all happens. And then Jonathan gets a call from I have absolutely no idea. And we never find (laughs) out. Because it's not important, is it, David? The world rings him and says... (laughs) (laughs) That's the mystery of this episode. Who Who rang him? Who rang him? (laughs) And why do they... Like... Because it's like, not linked to Carla's like show, no, the the what the no. item is show. My assumption, my assumption is that it's Owen Glendower because yeah. he's the. It cuts to Jonathan and Carla again for literally no reason. No that she's idea gone with why him. she's done this. Um, at, 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 in in Buckinghamshire at the museum, so <laughs> she's just left a signing for this promotion that is presumably taking up most of her time at the moment yeah because it's a workout video that she's released nothing to do promo for yeah. so i don't quite know why she's able to just go what midway through the sign and go i'm just gonna go with my friend on a jolly to buckinghamshire yeah because <laughs> the world's found him the world maybe the president did it <laughs> I don't, like oh. who who why are they here that's such a basic piece of information that's really important for us as an audience to know. It's just, an, just, it's just an easy thing to do. Just make it up. Like, yeah. Say the president. Jonathan, it's <laughs> it's the president. I mean, we need you. I mean, don't that me. would make more sense than, it, than no one. It would. <laughs> it would. But like, yeah, it's not that hard to find out how Owen Glendower could be connected to Jonathan. Like, yeah. especially when you've done it so many times, like Annette Crosby being his doctor and things yeah. like there's so many different ways they've linked, but they're just not bothered. Too, too many ways, though, as well. Yeah. Too many ways. Like, yeah. everyone involved around John. I'm starting to think, what's the common denominator here? <laughs> so David Rennick's heard me think that and gone, right, okay. Okay. No not, one's related. Yeah, I'm not going to explain yeah, it at all. But you also need to get him there. <laughs> yeah. Other than just showing him there, which is what we do. We go to uh, him meeting... Uh, I can't Owen believe Glendower. I can't believe we don't know why. <laughs> no idea. I can't. Doesn't believe matter. It. Oh, ridiculous! Yeah. So, and they, they go and meet him, and yeah. he's there, and he, Glendower, kind of explains uh, that the curator of the museum rang him up, and yeah. he was suspicious, but he gave it to them anyway. Um, and uh, and and uh, I didn't expect. Um, I, I just wrote a note here. I didn't expect. Michael Cochran to say the word sucker. Yeah, he's like, he does. yes. And now I've been taken for a complete sucker. sucker. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Again, wrong and sucker. Like, I, it's almost as if this character was written 
for a different character. <laughs> I think it was. And Michael Cochran's just come in and gone, no, I'll be doing it how I do everything. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Like everything I've done since I started my career at the RSC yeah, in I the think... 70s. Because that's exactly how he did everything. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happened. Um, um, not paying attention to a single word he says or how no. that informs his character. Yeah. Fine. So, um, yeah. So they, uh, um, and, and they spot that there's a bit of a weird look between him and Julian, Sir mm-hmm. daughter, who's also there at this crime scene trying to help them. Yeah. Throw what's going on and... Um, uh, they say, oh, can we go, where's where's your mum? And she says, uh, oh, she's at home. They say, oh, can we go and talk to her? And she says, well, you could talk to her. She might not be able to talk to you because she's had some sort of allergic reaction and her face is ballooned up. Yeah. Um, and they go, oh, well, well, we'll go anyway. So they go to Celia Emery's house. Suddenly, Jonathan has a thing where he's really squeamish. I and don't know where that's come from. Written, like, why is Jonathan Creek scared of, uh, of, of swollen faces? Yeah. Yeah, not a thing. Not a thing. And then... When he explains it, he says, sorry, I've just got a really bad thing about any kind of facial disfigurement whatsoever. Yeah. Which is, one, not what it is. It's an allergic yeah. reaction. It's yeah. someone who's, like, got yeah. an allergy, yeah. right? And and also later on, <laughs> yeah. that, that integral part of his character that we've just been asked to, to buy is going to become completely irrelevant. Yeah. So yeah. let's make sure that we just remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re- Jonathan... Again, has... just written again, why Why Carla here? Why has she now gone to the house of someone like... <laughs> Jonathan... No, I don't know why. Jonathan has told us all that he has a phobia of facial disfigurement. It's really important that we, we hammer that home. <laughs> remember that. Remember... Yeah. Jonathan has a phobia of facial disfigurement. Okay. So um, they uh, go and visit Celia Imri. Jonathan tries to make an excuse to go to the box. I think he's going to physically be sick when he That's what he's her. playing. Yeah. Is that it makes yeah. him puke. Yeah. Which is <laughs> also a weird reaction. Yeah. To have things you're afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having said that, when I see peas, I genuinely think I'm going to be sick. But at least Even that's when I think about you peas. eat. I mean... You don't. But No. But I mean, even the thought, even the thought of, yeah. even the thought of eating them, the thought of just seeing them in front of me right now makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take that back. But then I always say that I don't have a phobia because a lot of people say I have a phobia of peas and I don't, so I'm not scared of them. I'm not scared of peas, guys. Actually, I've just thought of, I was about to say you and I both know someone who uh, was sick outside a block of flats that we lived in in America. Mm. And we said, oh, why are you sick? She said, oh, it's because I was scared of the dog. <laughs> But then I, but then I've also remembered that that was a lie. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. later on she told us that actually yeah. it was morning sickness. Yeah, and uh, she yeah, now has a wonderful family. Yeah, I'd forgotten. No, I'd forgotten about that. So that's not helpful. Also, not not good for any of you guys listening at home. Sorry about that. No, but uh, it's impo- because we haven't revealed yet on the podcast my my P. No, that's true. Phobia. You're getting to know us, and that's important as well. That you we let a little bit of ourselves. Yeah, you know. And the thing this. is. My P-phobia is consistent, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a chat with... Uh, Jonathan's knocking around looking at records, and he looks at a record, an Engelbert Humperdinck record and a Jethro Tull record. Yeah. Um, and, he, and, and, and it comes in important later, actually, because he says um, Jethro Tull was originally the name of the guy who invented the seed drill. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I did know that, but I think I knew it because of the last, <laughs> time, last time you watched the episode, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they don't get much information uh, from Celia Imri at this stage. Um, 
But she mentions mm-hmm. that they spent a lot of time growing up in Gorgon's Wood. Gorgon's Wood, yeah. And we learn that, that there's a familial relation. Yes. So they go off to Gorgon's Wood. I've just written, Sandy Johnson had a field day in this episode because no, yeah. suddenly it's like... He's a film director. Just, yeah. It's, there's a beautiful panning shot of this it's tree, right? so stunning. And the music underneath it's really yeah. lovely. Yeah. And it continues shot and it comes right from the back. It's, yeah, it's the best shot in all of the Greek. Amazing. And I don't know why it's there. Just just there. Really. And there's something I really like, as why I meant to mention earlier, there's, there's a really nice, like, almost German expressionist style, like, um, like this, like, upward close-up shot on Celia Emery's face when she closes her eyes and the lighting is casting these shadows and it's really really nicely shot so i don't know don't know what they were thinking about that in this episode very it was nice it was nice um but the, the jonathan and carla are at this tree and they're looking at all the kind of carved gargoyle like yeah. faces that yeah. are carved into the tree and carla and they, they come across some initials they do but before they do that they're in the wood and carla walks off and Jonathan, Jonathan says, "This is amazing." Jonathan says, "My favourite line ever in the history of Jonathan Creek, maybe in the history of television." Yeah, he says, <laughs> "Come on," he says, "Oh, will you not go waltzing off like Jim Hawkins?" Just, <laughs> we had to pause it. What does that? What on earth? What does that mean? Like, like, well, it means it. He's referring to the specific part of the book Treasure Island. Where so how Jim- does this conversation go? Don't go wandering off like Jim Hawkins. Yeah. Jim who? Yeah. Oh, you uh, mean the boy from Treasure right. Island? Yeah. He was under the constant supervision of a very scary Long John Silver. Yeah. No, after... but do you not remember? There's that one part of the book where he walks off and finds Ben Gunn. When what bit? Was it... oh, oh, when they get to about... the island. Yeah, when they get to the island. Ben who? Oh, gu- the guy with the cheese. <laughs> yeah. The guy who's obsessed with parmesan. Yeah. Right? He's gone mad because he's been marooned. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about that bit? Yeah. So that's when he wanders off. Oh yeah, that's he? when he waltzes off. Yeah, so that's where I thought I'd oh, say. Oh, hence the phrase "waltzing off like Jim Hawkins." <laughs> oh, now I'm with you. Right, so we've done that as a piece of research for you that happened live. That that is, if you're oh gonna have God. that line, then you've got to follow up with that conversation, <laughs> rather than just assume that because... everyone knows what the other character's talking about. Oh my god. But, but now I'm gonna say it all yeah, the time. Yeah, we both said that's it now, and we encourage all of you now. If any yeah. if you're ever in a situation where someone wanders wanders off, yeah. please, please, we're begging you, say, will you not go waltzing off like Jim Hawkins and see what see what they say. He delivers it as well. Yeah. Not as if Jim Hawkins is famous for wandering off, which of course he isn't. <laughs> but he says it as if as if uh He's babysitting Carla Borrego and Jim Hawkins. And, and he, Jim Hawkins is leading Carla Borrego astray. That's the way he delivers it. Oh, don't go wandering off like Jim Hawkins. I've had it up to here with you. You wait till your mother gets home. That's how you've got to deliver it. When you do oh, it to your God, friends. Oh, God, it's brilliant. I just, what, what are you talking about? I mean, there's another, there's a couple of, 
terrible lines in this episode, but that is... That's the best line that is of, the, just, of the history of Jonathan Creek, right? I mean, you and I, nearly five minutes of laughing. Like, we couldn't <laughs> carry on. Just un... Jim Hawkins? Why have you got... Tre- why is that... Why? Why are you thinking about Treasure Island? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't double down on this. Maybe it is a well-known phrase that both you and I have never heard of. Oh, my God. If it is... I don't... I don't know what I to do know. with that. I don't know what to do with that. Guys, right, let, let us know. know. Let us know. Let's break the news off. gently. Yeah. Waltzing off like Jim Hawkins. So what? this happens and Carla obviously doesn't want to be taken for a Jim Hawkins. So she turns back. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you take me for? The mid Jim Hawkins? <laughs> and, and, so, and so she stops. And then there's the sound of falling... And then a jump cut back to Carla, which makes it look like Carla's fallen, yeah, but yeah. she hasn't. Yeah. And then there's another jump cut. I'm like, come on, guys, edit the yeah. sound and the shot together. Because <laughs> all you have to do is match them. And then we realised that a man has yes. fallen over with a video camera. An old man bird watcher. He is lovely. Yeah. I love this old, old uh, actor. He's um, He's got a great voice. David Morris, I mean, yeah. his name is. Um, he's got a great Leo. voice. He's got this slight sort of elision in his uh, in his accent. That's a great word. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, and I just yeah, I just rate. I, I like it. Nice like little him. performance. And he's fallen on his back. And they say, "Oh gosh, are you all right?" And pick up his video camera for mm. him. And he says, "Oh yeah, sorry. I was just looking at the woodpeckers and um, and I fell over." And they yeah. said, "Oh, do you want to help up?" And he says, "No. A vertical position is the worst possible thing for sciatica." Yeah. Right. So have you, have you got sciatica, and then you've fallen over, yeah. and now you don't, and it's, and now you don't want to get up because of your sciatica, because sciatica's having someone who's had it. Yeah. Like you, it's not something that you get from falling over. No. It's no, no, no. I think he's saying he's he's a he's sufferer of sciatica. Yeah. But anyway, they decide to drag him by his feet <clears> while they have a, a nice conversation. A weird shot. It yeah. is funny though. It does make me laugh. It is. Um, and they take him back to his house. And Carla Borrego insists on doing osteopathy on him. Yeah. Which also is not a good thing for sciatica. He's no. um, like spinal realignment doesn't yeah. help with that. Um, but but she does it anyway. And he goes through a lot of pain. And then she shoves an apple in his mouth. Yeah. And then... And then it's all... It's all, all of this, right? All this sciatica nonsense. Yeah. Is in order to functionally to get a bit of information out of him. Yeah. Which was... Yeah, so so he says, uh, oh, it's it's most fortuitous that uh, we met in uh, the woods today, Jonathan, because um, I've got an unusually large brain. Hmm. Um, also, he then says that I inherited from my father an exp- and because there's a gag later on that makes it that it's it, set up for his it's for set a up, gag. Yeah, yeah, but the gag it doesn't really work because he he makes it very clear that he's talking about his own brain in yeah, his head because exactly. he talks about inheriting the brain and. The fact that it means he's knowledgeable about things. So it's a stupid gag. Um, but anyway. But we um, do get a bit of actual information for plot. From yes. This. So he says, um, surely you've, you you can see how the tree is involved in all this. And Jonathan mm. says, well, yeah, the tree has made me think about these records that I saw in Celia Emery's house. I'm like, right, okay, what, what? Um, and then he starts talking about Jethro Tull and Engelbert Humperdinck and yeah. how, yeah, they're named after historical figures and he says and then i and that's made me think about the fact that owen glendower was uh, a 14th century welsh 
like a um, rebel lead, like a rebel yes leader yeah. of rebel force um someone last year on uh mastermind did owen glendower as a specialist subject mm. and when they did it i went oh jonathan creek at gorgon's wood there you are yeah um and actually so- no, i was like why do i know that name really well i don't think i've heard of this guy before and <laughs> i looked up and i was like oh yeah it's because we've got phds in jonathan creek yeah, yeah. That would be a very good, actually, Mastermind episode for both of us, actually. Well, for you. I can't remember anything under pressure. But no. you'd, you'd be good. No. Um, and and so he explains, though, that the carvings on... Because there are initials carved on the tree that Jonathan's thinking of. Yes. So and he starts to realise that Glowen, uh, Owen, Owen Dendauer wouldn't be his real name. Yeah. And we find out that, actually, he and Celia yeah. Imri... A brother and sister. A brother and sister. Uh, and um, old man birdwatcher... <laughs> Yeah. Says that when they were young, their parents split up and the kids were, and I quote, divided up like spoils of war. <laughs> yeah. What? Excellent. Shut up. Absolutely excellent. Shut up, David. Stop it. And, and Stupid one. And he explains that uh, they were very good and Owen, when he was younger, um, was a great artist, which isn't important at all. But um, no. But he has this flair and talent. Yeah, um, and, and there's a flashback, isn't there? Yeah, and so we flashback to when Celia Emily and Owen Glendower are children, which is in around 1937. <laughs> during, it's in the railway it's, children. It's, it's the railway children, actually. It's, it's, it's 40s. Yeah, it's 40s. It's, yeah, yeah. No, no later than about 1941, 42. Yeah, it has to be yeah. like early blitz. Yeah, evacuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. That's that. That's the costume design. That's the lighting that's of the, the shop. bicycle that the that's guys the riding. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The it's... hairstyles. Yeah, yeah. But it it has them quite clearly carving in the year 1958. Yeah, it's it's just not. It's just not 1958. Which also means that Owen Glendower has to be 70. Um, 58, 68, no, 60. No. Yeah, 60. 60. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Celia Imri's. No, no, no. It, it, none of it. Not like I just like David Rennick needs to just be kept away from doing any, anything yeah. historic that has to line up with present day because continuity. I don't it's think about this continuity. Is, yeah, I don't think this is the first yeah. time we've had this. Um, but yeah, so it was completely anachronistic uh, flashback. Um, that I mean, again didn't didn't need to be because you're in charge of the costume. Yeah, like you just make sure that the costumes are from the late fifties. Yeah, not from not from the beginning of the Second World War. Fine. Um, so yeah, and and uh, the bird watchers knew them as kids, and yeah, they played and, uh, got on as kids, but then yeah, were were sort of grew up separately. Ascension became were poisoned sort of against each other. Yeah, by the parents. Um, and then they go to Lee. They say thanks very much for telling us all about that old man. Yeah. Um, and then they go to leave and he says oh you i told you you know we have a pickled brain joke Which, yeah right yeah so here he comes drink. Kind of... he says i remember i said i have an unusually large brain well here it is and then he gives carla a brain in a jar and says i want you to have this right so i know it's i know i shouldn't be pedantic about the a gag another psych gag for the sake of it but it annoys me because it isn't a sitcom yeah so these that like what why why number one what is it why do you have a brain in a jar why are you giving it to car like if if you have a brain in a jar that why would it be something that's not important enough to keep and to give to a stranger right this is this is the thing because he said you're clearly a student of the anatomy i'm gonna give you this brain i thought are we now like 
it's the character of like an old person who's giving away all their stuff because they're going to die soon. Yeah. But that's not his character. <laughs> like you can't, that's not just old people things. Yeah. Like that's just not what, Yeah. but that's what it is. It's lazy writing and yeah. lazy character development for the sake of a cheap sight gag. Yeah. But it isn't funny, so don't do it. No. Uh, but there you are. Um, and then do, do they go and visit Adam at Animal Farm right next? Is that what They happens? go and visit Animal Fa- uh, Adam at Animal Farm. Yeah. Um, and they get there, and it's all these random people. Yeah. Uh, and Adam, they're all meant to be celebrities, who are rolling around this pigsty. Yeah. And he says, "I, uh, you know, that he's drinking the milk from directly, directly from, a pig. from the pig, which is yeah, foul. Yeah. Um, and is covered in you know feces, and it's just gross. Yeah. And Adam's saying, "You don't know what it's like." And then we have the presenter of the program. Bang a gong and say dinner time, everyone. And the presenter of the program is Carla Borrego. <laughs> yeah. Now, did I just miss it? No. No. Was no, this no. all that's explained? A funny. No, that's meant to be like a funny reveal of like, oh, of course, Carla's doing it, but I don't know why Jonathan and Carla wouldn't have had a conversation about this before. Right. It's also, just, do you remember stupid. what Carla Borrego's job was before she got into television presenting? Um, she was a, a manager of a magician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So now, <laughs> Carla's presenting a Channel 4 programme yeah. that have got in touch with Jonathan Creek, <laughs> who's now serving as an agent yeah. for Adam Klaus. Yeah. And Jonathan Creek and Adam Klaus don't know that Carla Borrego, former manager of magicians, yeah. is presenting the programme. Yeah. Despite the fact that Jonathan also works on a programme with Carla with Borrego. Carla and the producer. And the producer is, is yeah. Baxter. Yeah. What, why? Why are you doing that? I don't it's, feel like it's silly, funny mistakes. No. I feel like it's... It's nonsense. N- absolute rubbish nonsense that I'm a bit miffed about. Yeah. I don't feel okay about it. No, it it's annoys so me. stupid. It's so, so stupid. Yeah. And pointless. But Ugh. there we go. Yeah. Carl, and, and then Jonathan decides to say... Um, decides that it's an appropriate thing to say that... Uh, Oh, the next thing that will be happening is a program about celebrities killing themselves. Yeah. I'm like, that's it's not funny. Uh, it's not equatable. It's not equatable. It's just yeah, stupid. This, this whole scene is is awful and but, pointless and doesn't need to be there. Other than the fact that Jonathan come, Jonathan from eating an M M&M and M works out the whole mystery of how the statue is solved, which he wouldn't have. He just wouldn't have done because it's the stupidest mystery that no no one would think of. <laughs> Not yeah. even, not even Jonathan. And I know M and M's and maths, but he's yeah. still yeah. <laughs> Jonathan no. Creek math streak. It, it's just stupid. That, I think that is fair. He to eats say, the M and M and goes, "Oh my god, I've worked." It. No, no, you haven't. The thing that's got worse with the Jonathan Creek episodes as they've got uh, throughout our podcast, throughout watching it, is that the the ideas of the mysteries kind of are consistently like pretty random and, and funny and frivolous. Yeah. But the explanations started off being really clever. Yeah. And quite simple, often like a magic trick, but they've got more and more complicated yeah. and less believable as the series has gone on. And often they don't make sense or aren't possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's there and he's got a jar of bolognese sauce made by Owen Glendower and she's invited yeah. him over to dinner which is, again, important later on. But whilst he's talking about all of this, yeah. Carla's not listening. No. Carla's looking over his shoulder 
and seen that her DVD, her VHS of her fitness video yeah. is in the dashboard of a white van yeah. of one of the crew from the... And she starts to look suspicious, as if to say, why would a tradesman have a fitness video of me? They must be perving on me. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe I'm oversensitive, you know, millennial, but I just find it a bit... Classist. It's classist. It is judgmental. It is classist and judgmental. I, I but just, then David, David Rennick's got form for that. Yeah, and it's relying on the fact that the audience, like, it's not, it's not blatant enough. Yeah. So it's it's relying on the fact that the audience would get that, and yeah. I think that that's a real shame. Yeah. That's a real like. That's not even optimistic about the world. It's no. like it's it's both classist and cynical that everyone else is too. Yeah. 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 You know, um, which is, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. There's also, sorry, we've also missed a little, um, s- another montage in Lawyer's Office. Oh, yeah. Where they've got the woman who's catatonic. Remember? Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this. And yeah, they this try and wake aw- her out of her. This is awful. Thing. And they, so they have a hooter. They play heavy rock music. They fire a gun. They fire a live gun. At, at, at the side of her head. Obviously, it's like a blank, but. I don't know. Yeah. to kill her. Yeah. Um. Well, presumably, because she hasn't she hasn't got a bullet wound in her head. Yeah. Well, no, but that's because you remember when um, Darren Brown did the Russian roulette thing. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, "Oh no, but he just used blanks." And then he was like, "You're aware that, that if me, I yeah. could have, if I would have shot a blank point blank in my head, that would have still killed me." That's why it's called point blank range. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Very good point. But um, yeah, quite worrying. And then and then they shake her, mm-hmm. and then they slap her around the face, and that's horrific. And then he has to be pulled off, the guy who's slapping. Yeah, so the problem I the problem I have is that it, he's not pulled off because of the slapping. He's pulled off because of shaking her. So he slaps her and then it cuts and the shaking is like a separate thing. And, and, and oh. that's the thing that's too far. Right. I was like, why didn't you pull her off for the, literally slapping this woman across you the face? Slapping our woman around the face. When you start shaking her shoulders. Like there was, I was like, why is that like... Too like, much. I think the gag he's going for is that the things increase in absurdity of what you're doing, but you then end on the senseless slapping of the face. But it's like he's seen that scene in Airplane and thought, oh, that would be funny. That and is then, what it is. And then is misread the, the comedy in Airplane because it's much more sophisticated than, yeah. than, than his. Not yeah. that I'm saying Airplane comedy is sophisticated. No, I, th- I, think but, it, I think it is. I think, you know, there's, there's a very clever humour um, yeah. in Airplane. Um, but uh, but I, 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 I still, it, I, 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 that, this montage is ridiculous. Yeah. But also, who's that lawyer working for? Why has yeah. he gone mad trying to shake a woman out of her? Like, yeah. none of this makes sense. Yeah. Um. So they agree uh, that Jonathan's on to something yeah. on this. I mean, Carla, again, I don't know why Carla's agreeing, because she's not yeah. listening. She's yeah. looking at their DVD. But um, he says, there's something about the shell of this. Mm-hmm. She, I think I know how she's yeah. done it. So they go and pay Celia Emery a visit, yeah, um, and they do the reveal of this first thing. But just before that, Celia Emery is in the woods because the daughter's done a runner, yeah, with the statue. Uh, J- J- Gillian, Gillian, yeah, has done a runner with the statue, and Celia Emery's out in Gorgon's Wood shouting for her, trying to find her, and she finds the video camera that belongs to our friend the bird watcher, yeah, and um and. You can't see what she's seeing, but she's watching something, and you can sort she's of hear. disgusted by it. And it sounds like sort of, yeah, moaning and potentially someone having sex on camera, and yeah. and she looks very disgusted by it. So we've got that information now when Jonathan and Maddie 
go and visit her and they um confront her about what jonathan thinks has happened and they say we know you took the statue and she said well uh, what are you talking about i had a very thorough inspection i was like Number one, that you didn't. You had a pat down, and even that was ridiculous because obviously you it couldn't be on your person. Yeah. Um. Oh, and also there's a really weird line when they originally go and see her, where Gillian says, "How would you like a sniffer dog up your nightdress to the yeah police officer?" Which is again, it's going like, why are they still checking her? Has she con like if and they came to check if it was in the house? I'm like, but no, but you were all there at the time when it happened, and you patted her down and yeah. obviously she's not so, but yeah nonsense and also um, the important thing is that these aren't the police these are the security guards yeah so are they called the police again to do it separately to do a search yeah. I, I don't really and if so have they searched yeah. the woods for the missing chili like yeah there's no there's no detective on this case no which there sometimes is yeah right yeah and, but they've decided not to do that so yeah so jonathan yeah. jonathan says um, it came to me when I was looking through one of Owen Glendower's books that you had in your house and I saw a recipe for making a chocolate toy. Edible toys. Edible toys. Ma- um, Moulded edible toy recipes. Yeah. And and uh, he says, you know, so I... Because he says, I... Th- Sorry, that's right. He says, uh, she says, well, you know, they they gave me this yeah, thorough inspection. Could- I, I, I could say, she said, oh, no, I don't think you took it. I think you ate it. Yeah. And she's like, that's ludicrous. Goes, obviously not the actual statue. Don't think you could uh, swallow down all that porcelain. But Three pounds of porcelain. Three pounds of porcelain. But I think you've, uh, yeah, created it. And I've got it from this book. Edible toys. And then he goes, in typical Jonathan Creek fashion, yeah. skirts over the detail. Yeah. He's going, oh, basically, you make some kind of magic mixture. I was like, no, right. No, some what is it? What's it made mixture. from? You, you're a, you know magic isn't real. <laughs> That's your whole thing. Yeah, what are you on about? Magic mixture. Nonsense. <sighs> yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, says that she's she essentially made the front half, uh, got a mould of the statue. Gillian got it by going around there. Gillian got it by going around and pretending to seduce her uncle, which is, yeah, Um. her mum made it oh it's yeah it's so weird. they they knew they thought that they both just had decided that owen had a creepy infatuation with yeah. his niece Gillian, yeah. and they went why don't we abuse this yeah and steal the statue but at this point of telling the story mm-hmm. it's quite complicated celia emery's characters just found out what she's found out by looking at the video yeah and assumed yeah that that is owen and Gillian. Yeah. Having some coitus. Yeah. And that... And, and so when she's telling this story... Yeah. She's decided that they were having an affair. Yeah. So we're watching her flashback. But yeah. the flashback is still about Gillian trying to get revenge on the creepy I, uncle. Yeah. So Gillian yeah. in the flashback is playing, but, oh, I don't want to do this, but hey, he's a nasty person. Quick, let's get a print of the thing. So yeah. like, sorry, you're... You're, <laughs> yeah, the you're fact. the main suspect in this, and you're admitting to uh, the murder mystery yeah. in a reveal. Yeah, but you've changed your story in real time, <laughs> and so now the flashback that you filmed it's, doesn't it's, make it's sense irrelevant. to what the character is yeah. now saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, that's so yeah. difficult to get my head around. Yeah, it but is. it means it means that both things that need to be true. Yeah, can't be. Yeah, in terms of her interpretation of what has happened. Yeah. 
and our interpretation of what's happened needs to be slightly wrong for the later reveal yeah. uh, of the of yeah. what becomes a murder mystery rather than just a theft. Yeah. So, so, so it's very confusing. It I'm so, sorry if that was a bit unclear. So, of course, as with uh, all Jonathan Creek suspects, she admits everything straight away to Jonathan. Well, to be honest, there's no police around. Yeah, no, Glenn... Owen, Owen Glendower, yeah. Yeah, he's not there. Yeah. And also, we don't know who Jonathan Creek's working for. <laughs> yes. Like, So, we think we, he's not doing it for anyone. And if he is doing it for Owen Glendower, then he's... Then this is all a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he can um, say, oh, I know how she did it. Yeah. And he'll say, oh, how? Oh, great. Well, how do we get her to... How can we prove it? Yeah. Well, she confessed to me. Well, right. What in a on a, in a, in her bedroom? Who was there? Who witnessed? How are we yeah. going to get her for two point three million quid? Yeah, yeah. Like, none true. of that's possible. She's just gonna. Like, she's just gonna say no. He yeah. said, she said it was a lie. So yeah. So you get a flashback of. So so yeah. She's filling in the detail, yeah. saying that Gillian was all Gillian's idea. She went and uh, pretended to seduce the uncle so she could get the mold of the statue she made it and she was artistically talented yeah. enough to do it which i think might be the link for owen glendower being a talented carver of yeah. gargoyles i'm wondering it's it's a very subtle maybe link to the niece and the uncle having similar artistic sensibilities yeah. fine um i don't know why i bothered doing that and and then yeah so we we see the same shot that we saw before oh, of Celia Imry closing the blind, closing her eyes, and then opening them and eating the... Tr- right. Now, who... Yeah. What? Yeah. Why does she need to yeah. close her eyes? Because it's... The, I, I wrote that her closing her eyes is only for the benefit of the audience. Yes. Because we yes. our view is, in, is at her in this cordoned off yeah. closed off booth that no one else can see yeah. so what so why who's she pretending to meditate for because yeah. no one can see her exactly it's no, so stupid yeah so stupid i mean utterly ridiculous yeah. and also it's so dramatic eating <laughs> it is. it's the most dramatic piece of television to have hit the bbc in 20 years um with with the exception of the bible coming out of the box yeah, that's true. The Bible's more dramatic, mate. Or Bible's dramatic, but it's an inanimate object. Yeah, filled with holy fire. <laughs> but the Celia Imry yeah. acting, eating all this chocolate. It's it a really yeah. weird thing to watch. It is weird. It is I don't weird. know why it's so weird. Yeah. But like at the end, she's like licking the chocolate off her hand, <laughs> like <laughs> lick the evidence away. Like, oh God. This is really awkward. Um, I feel like I yeah. shouldn't be in on this rehearsal. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's really weird to watch. It's really weird. The whole thing's weird. And then she... Uh, obviously, we learn that that's the reason why her face swelled up. Because she had a bad reaction to all of the E numbers that are used. Which, again, it isn't a thing. But Also, why not... We use nuts and it's a nut allergy. Yeah. Because that's what she had. Yeah. Her face swelling up was yeah. a nut allergy, right? Yeah. That's what it was. It was a nut allergy. <laughs> anaphylactic shock to an E number. Yeah. Um, um, which, like, yeah. I don't so know. I don't Maybe know it's why. true. Let us know, guys. If anyone out there is allergic to E numbers, mm. um, 
Because he also said there was one particular number that didn't agree with you. But, yeah. But you don't know what it is because it's a magic mix. <laughs> it's a magic mixture. Right, great. Um. Yeah. But she. Yeah. So. So now at the end of this, we know how she's done it. Mm-hmm. She did it with the help of Gillian. But also, she thinks that Owen and Gillian were having an affair. Yeah. That's what she now thinks. Yeah. All the, all, and or she thinks maybe Gillian's duped them both and run off by her because Owen because she said I went round to see Owen yeah and and he denied the whole thing and said he she's not been around there so maybe either he's lying or she's run off and yeah. and screwed us both over and all I've got is an address I've got an address oh and and she shows them the video yes and on the video we now see the video and it yeah. look and it's Gillian from sort of the torso well they're sort of um, shoulders up yeah mm-hmm. shoulders up um uh moaning and looking like she's potentially having sex with someone in this video yeah yeah not a yeah i mean not we'll, as much as maybe we'll talk about that later but yeah but it's um it's a weird bad porn acting kind yeah. of thing i suppose yeah. yeah um and so yeah and so yeah she says quite right as you say um the only, only thing i could find in her diary was this address that seemed a bit odd it's addressed in London. I think it's Neesden. It's like Wilsdon Green, Neesden, around the NW10. Your um, postcodes are so good. <laughs> They're so good. Um, and uh, they go... And the letter D. And the letter D. Um, and, but but then she says, so that's all I've got, so I'm just going to give up now. And I'm like, well, you could check the address. Yeah. But then she says, and perhaps you could help. Perhaps, yeah. But I still don't know why she hasn't Googled the address. Yeah, and yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Or like Runga. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Jonathan and Carla uh go to Neesden. Um. They do. I'm still not sure why Carla's here on any of this. But I don't why... know why Jonathan's here. No, I don't. We don't know why either of them are here. <laughs> we don't know how they found out about it. It was just a mysterious phone call. Carla's not. This is four days. Yeah. And all she's done on the Animal Farm show that she's presenting is bang a gong. Yeah. Yeah. To quote T-Rex. Why, <laughs> why? I don't know. I don't know why no. I was over there. It's really weird. But, but um, yeah, it's um, more important than anything else. So they go to yeah. this address. And, it, and it's, and it's a, a porn shop, yeah, right? And yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's an adult video shop. How do we know? What's it, it called? It's called Adult-O-Rama. Adult-O-Rama. Yeah. Um, and haha, there's copies of Carla's workout video in the shop. And then Jonathan spots there's a blow-up doll of Carla. Yeah. in the shop as well um which is fine um and she refuses to go in the shop yeah on like well i'm not gonna go in there yeah like, oh do, are you a, do you have those kind of standard like it's what yeah yeah i, I thought I'm you were, sure. i thought you were a hungry investigative reporter yeah or a hungry investigative magic manager turned reporter <laughs> like you're meant to have journalistic yeah that you know uh but she does she doesn't she doesn't want to find out enough no, the no. Well, why should because she, she's got no connection to this? Well, why so, be uh... there then? <laughs> why, why has she dedicated four days of her time? Makes no sense. But um, yeah, they go in, yeah. and quite rightly, there's there's um, merchandise from the fitness video yeah. of Carla and DVDs of it, uh, or VHSs of it, in the shop, yeah. and makes Jonathan laugh. So he comes out and says, "Ah, oh, apparently it's round the back, the address yeah. that we're looking for." Yeah, um, uh, upstairs. Look, yeah, 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 round yeah, the back and upstairs, yeah. isn't it? Um, um, and I was sort of wondering, does David Rennick think that every adult video shop ha- has a brothel above it? 
Because yeah, like, I think he does. It didn't have like. Yeah, I just there was something yeah. that felt a bit odd about about that. Like, like he just Why thinks anything related to sex is a bit seedy and a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's just something. It's I the sex like industry is all the same to me. Kind yeah, of it just felt. Yeah, it's not running yeah. a shop that has adult videos in it doesn't automatically. Well, I this is what have, I was th- have criminal links. This is what I was thinking. I think you'd be more likely to not have because that right because you'd want to be making sure if if you're if you're selling things that are societally seen as a bit dubious or as a bit controversial, you're going to want to make sure your business is completely above board because you're probably going to be targeted more. Well, so I say licensing and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely not be running a brothel upstairs. Let us fine. know if you run a sex uh, <laughs> shop. Let us know. Do you also run a brothel? Yeah, on the side. No judgment here. Um, um, but we meet then. Yeah, they knock on the door. Yeah, and then this voice says, "Come in." Yeah, there's no lock on it. Yeah, and, and there's a, and there's in. a little post-it note with dawn written on by the yeah. doorbell so we um, know what the d stands for yeah uh and they go and yeah they go and visit dawn yeah and she's at the bedside uh, uh, a dressing table and she turns around and there's kind of all all her hairs over her face yeah uh and she says oh you're a bit you're 10 minutes early but it's all right oh yeah she says she's expecting someone else yeah and uh they go oh you dawn by any chance as they've seen the name she's yeah she, we're looking for um for Gillian. Yeah. Do you know, you know, where she is? Yeah. And she says, Oh, I knew you'd come looking for this eventually. Reaches into a handbag and brings out Well no, 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 she doesn't. She doesn't yet. Because they go back. That's the second scene with her. Oh, that's the second scene. Yeah, 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 what? yeah. But she says I knew Oh, she said okay, she just says I knew you'd Yeah come and looking then, for her. Yeah. And right. then um Oh, and then the guy comes in. Yeah, her her pimp. Yeah. Comes Whoa, in when he's been looking. Who are you? Get out! Yeah, get, yeah. And they and they kind of scurry away. But like they Jim see Hawkins. him slap her. Yes. And her hair comes back. Yeah. And we see that the left hand side of her face. Yeah. Is covered in quite severe scarring. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of the, like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Scarring. It's when... it's the shape. It's the shape of the Phantom of the Opera. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which is, and they're kind of very sensitively just clock it and then yeah. walk away, which you is know what, which is great. Yeah, but a bit do, weird. Yeah, do you know what Jonathan doesn't do? It's a bit sick. He's, he doesn't because he doesn't because gang remember on. guys, remember guys, what did we learn earlier on about half an hour ago? We yeah. learned that Jonathan has a phobia of facial deformity facial deformity so of what any you've, kind so you've decided to tell us this weird fact about jonathan and then later on in the episode you've decided unconnected yeah. to have a character with facial deformity and then for that not to be linked back to the thing jonathan said about facial deformity yeah. what's your what's going on it's nonsense it, it it's so weird to pinpoint that so specifically and then ignore it <laughs> when you've made that a massive part of the storyline um yeah, really bizarre. It's so bad. It's so bad to so not... they, they get, they go to the address. They learn that she, she looks like she knew who Gillian was, yeah. because she said knowingly. That yeah, I expected um, you. Yeah. So yeah. So they go, they scurry off. They're scared off by the pen. They do. They do scurry. Like Jim Hawkins. Um, they go past a Forbidden Planet poster. They go past a poster for yeah. To the Planet, which is a show you know very well. You've been in. It is. Um, and your father has been in. 
Yeah, it's more to the fact that that poster of that specific year would have been filmed in 2003 because mm-hmm. when my dad was doing that as a boy. That's so very nice cool. little nostalgic. Yeah, down memory that's lane. very cool. Mind um, of how absent he was. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they they go uh, and have dinner at Carla's flat. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've had it and they're chatting about all this and Carla brings out some sorbet and Jonathan has the weirdest overreaction to brain oh, freeze that going, I've ever like seen butcher, in It's like Meryl Streep Oscar clip. <laughs> you know, where she does all her big acting with a capital A. It's like that, but over the yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Oh, there it is. It's the knitting, knitting needle yeah. behind the eyes. Like, yeah. That's not what a brain freeze is. No, no. Knitting needles it's, behind the eyes. It's the weirdest reaction to something cold I've ever seen in my life. It's <laughs> so over the top. But it's for the purposes of Brendan phones up Carla yeah and Jonathan's moaning in the background yeah. and Carla hangs up and goes god what what do you think Brendan would have thought was going on there will you be quiet kind of thing which is ridiculous because if you were worried about that you'd yeah. explain to Brendan what was happening rather than yeah saying oh I've got to middle of something yeah. can I call you back yeah um and and jo- and Jonathan says oh I'm, I'm sorry it's just you know anything anything with cold sorbet gets me every time and then when he says every time he has a little jonathan he's had a little jonathan creek moment of realizing something the problem is it's never explained yeah it's well no what it's related to is brendan hearing something wrong it's not related to the phrase every time but that's what he plays that's That's why the phrase has made him think that so i wrote down every time time, question mark because i was like what is that so i'm really glad that you haven't no it's it's he just he he, he just got, read, he, he played, played it, it really weirdly. He yeah. says a bad line reading. Yeah. But um, again, in one take, got it in the can. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's a gag and Carla makes a face that looks like the blow-up doll because she's shocked uh, that she's thinks she's worked out what's going on. Um, and she says, oh, I th- I've just had a thought. I don't suppose you're thinking what I'm thinking. And Jonathan says, actually, I think I'm thinking it's something that's much worse. I'm like, right, well, how, you don't know what she's thinking yet. Yeah. So why have you made that assumption? We've got no idea. Carla's had one bit of input. Yeah. The first time she tried to have an idea, he accused us, accused her of being Jim Hawkins. Yeah. And we never found out what no. she was going to do. The second thing. Yeah. We don't have any, any clue. No, no. Um, don't so know why other, she's spending all this time. Well, no, other, and so they go back to see Dawn. And it's very clear now that they b- both seem to think that she is Gillian. Yes. And they're talking as if Gillian has disguised herself yeah. with fake scarring. Yeah. Which only works if it was across her face, whole face. But it's not, it's across half her face. And you see the other half of her face very clearly. And it's clearly not the same person. So I was like, why, why are they thinking it's the... They look kind of similar. So I thought this as well, right? And and I was more I was confused by that, but I was also confused that Dawn. Yeah. They don't explain that to Dawn. Dawn explains that to them. She says, "Oh, like she basically says, you think me and Jillian are the same person, don't you? Yeah. I I I know why. And you think that I've disguised myself in order to. Yeah. Like, how have you jumped (laughs) to all those conclusions? Because I don't think you look that, no, that similar at all. I don't think they look that similar at all. However... And it only works. The whole thing only works if they do. However, it it is the same person. No, it's not. It's credited in IMDb as the same actor. No. Gillian is... Play- Gillian no. and Dawn are both played by Alice, Alice Patton. 
okay, that's really weird. Yep. It's the same. What they've so, done is so they've made, they've made her look. Made her look too different. Too different. I can't believe that. But I, I thought exactly the same thing as you. And I went, I, I've got, so I tried I to look up that's who played actress. Dawn. And I could, yeah. it wasn't credited. So I looked like full MDB credits. And then eventually went back up to the top. And it does say Gillian Bailey slash Dawn, Alice Patton. So wow. she's just doing a Cockney accent, a little London accent. But I did think it was quite a bad accent. It's, yeah, but I didn't. I thought I just thought it wasn't a very good actor. I didn't yeah. think it was. I but, did not think it was the same because person. they've cha- right. <sighs> Hair's completely different. That why change? Why change her face so much? If you've gone to the trouble of making it look so similar, you're you're not even gonna try and find a similar actress. You want them to be so similar that you're getting the same person to play both parts, and then make the other one look so different. That they don't look similar. In- right. It's the best makeup. Yeah. But also, how can your makeup be that good at making it look like a different person, but the scar be so bad? Yeah, yeah. That is where, like, that's the other thing. Yeah. I just, that's oh, it's where they're putting the money and the energy that's every insane. time. That's that, insane. Yeah, it I is can't believe that. I can't believe that. So she, yeah, uh, says um, that. I knew you'd come for this. And she <laughs> but gets also, this... sorry, sorry. Why? Why is it played by the same actress? Because the point is that they're two different... The two characters are two different people. But they're doppelgangers. But they don't look remotely similar in the show. Let us know what you think. Why? But both Dave Why and I have separately thought that they were someone that looks really similar? Ah, oh, fine. Yeah. It's madness. So... But she knows exactly why they're there. She knows that they've confused her identity and think it's the same person uh, and explains that they they weren't, but it was just that Gillian got stopped because someone thought they were the same person. Uh, so they she got in touch with her and said, you know, do you want to do this thing for me? Do you want to let me seduce my uncle, who I know fancies me, yeah. then put a mask over the top half of your face? Yeah, and pretend you're me. And pretend you're me. Also, that mask wouldn't cover <laughs> the bottom half of the scar. So when no. we get the flashback of Dawn, yeah. who's played by the same actress who plays Alice, clearly they haven't got the bottom half of the scar that we've seen on her face. It's I, just the mask. It reminded me a lot of um, a play you and I saw. Oh my God. I'm not going to give the details to because you never know who's listening to this. But there was a very questionable mask in that play where a beard had been drawn onto the mask, right. and it, yeah. we couldn't work out whether it was a whether it was meant to be a mask or whether it was meant to be a facial deformity that they used a mask to make to, look to right. make look. Yeah, my theory was that it was meant to look like a facial deformity, yeah. and the the felt tip was meant <laughs> to represent the beard growing through it. Right. Yeah. Whereas I I thought. It was deliberately a mask, and the character was had put a beard it. on the mask to make him look more normal. Which I think like, is weird. I, I, I think they're equally they're both weird. weird. But yeah, uh, that's all I kept thinking about was was uh, that very odd choice in a play we saw. The greatest play we saw ever, I think. Oh, it was dreadful. Um, um, yeah, so it's very confusing. But that basically, the story is that Gillian has has been seducing her uncle and said, I'll have sex with you for money. Yeah. Uh, we'll call it a bit of rough trade. And then has had her friend Dawn 
yeah. uh, hide in the room, come out and put a mask on and he thinks it's Jillian. Yeah. Like, that's how similar they're meant to look. Yeah. They don't even look similar in that flashback. In that specific yeah. flashback, we're meant to believe that he thinks they're the same person. Yeah. But they but are. it is the same person. <laughs> it's so weird. So it's, it's not so even weird. like we can criticise that heavily because it's the no. same actor. Yeah. But it doesn't look like No. It's very weird. Um, so, so yeah. So so they end up... I, 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 he's a great actor. I, I didn't need to see him come uh, yeah i really <laughs> didn't horrible to, really didn't need to see that that was that was uh and i'm not being ageist it's just uh, yeah i just didn't like it I didn't it's like it. Weird. it was very intrusive and i don't know it's just yeah not 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 a nice thing it was unnecessary see. and it was so unnecessary um but anyway yeah so they they sleep together um and then jonathan and then Carla still thinks that oh well, Gillian must be out there somewhere. And Jonathan says, "Well, no. Here's what I think's happened." Because and then he explains about the video. Yeah, and he realizes that it was on its side. So he said, and he said, "That's what the," and he starts saying about the video. He yeah. said the video was the wrong way around, and Dawn reacts like, "Was it?" And I'm like, "You don't know you what don't they're know talking anything. about. You don't know anything about this video. You've not been privy Such to a that." Good point. You've not been privy to any everything Jonathan is telling you and you're reacting to doesn't make sense because you the only reaction you have is what on earth are you talking about? Yeah. What video? I she gave me this statue. I'm not Yeah. And also I don't know why she gives these two strangers a statue as well because what she does then is Sorry. give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know does, why. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why she does that. Well, no, I do because she says it brings evil because Jonathan Jonathan reveals that what's happened is that the camera was she wasn't lying on the ground she was upright and also we should say they do go back to the woods and jonathan finds four holes in a tree yeah um and he realizes that the four holes were made by a pitchfork and then we see a harrowing flashback of jillian being pierced in the stomach I think it's the most gruesome Jonathan Creek death. It's awful. It has to be. Yeah. Certainly that we've seen so far. Brutal. Well um, acted. Yeah, just absolutely horrible. Um, and it's the pimp, right? Dawn's it's, pimp. It's Dawn's pimp who's followed Gillian from Gillian seeing Dawn yeah. um, to try and get the the statue yeah. of her. So kills Gillian, um, uh, with a, impales her on a pitchfork and you see the whole thing and it's just horrible. Um and that's what's been caught on the tape. But because the camera was on its side, it looks like she, she was, was horizontal, horizontal. Yeah. And therefore her cries of pain yeah. could be misconstrued as yeah. cries of pleasure. But she's doing a face which is like not nice. Yeah. So it means we have to make assumptions about her sexual preferences. Yeah, quite. it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's a very da- just feels very dark for like nine PM on a Sunday it night. It feels so dark when you juxtapose it with the first half of the episode being about someone that ate a chocolate statue. Yeah. It's so, it just takes this turn when you get to Neesden that suddenly you're in this like... We've all taken a turn at Neesden. <laughs> you're suddenly, it like Jimmy McGovern's turned up again. Yeah. Like he's been quiet since ah. Barry did that monologue about Caroline Quentin's life. That was amazing. And now, say anything negative about and then, and now he's turned up again for the second half of this episode, which is something really gritty, crime, drunk. Like, what's that like... Yeah, but it just doesn't fit, and it's and it's not that well. Done. Like if it was well done, gritty, I'd be like, well, "That's interesting." You're trying something a bit darker out, but it's not yeah. that well done. So I'm like, "Well, 
It's just weird. It just doesn't fit. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's what happens. And that's why Dawn obviously got the statue up from the pimp and just says, look, just get rid of it. It obviously brings evil to everyone it's been around. Um, then the pimp comes in and says, I'm not going to ask again because you're already dead. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. Which made me think, this is so obscure. This is so obscure, but you're going to really appreciate this. It reminded me of the episode of The Simpsons where Barney is in that, like, art house black and white film. And yeah. he says, don't cry for me, I'm, I'm already dead. dead. <laughs> and then the, he wins, he win, the prize yeah. is a lifetime supply of dark beer. And he gets uh, yeah. into my veins. Um, yeah, uh, so that's because of the cadence of the way he <laughs> yeah. said, I'm already dead. Just made me think of that. Um, Very lovely. I love yeah. a Simpsons reference. I know, he did that just to make me... Um, so they... Um, they scarper, they scurry again. They scurry because Dawn... Dawn hits him, uh, so pushes him down the yeah. stairs. That's right. Yeah. Dawn pushes him down the stairs. Really long, really long staircase. Long flight of stairs, yeah. Um, He's dead, to one door. I was thinking about the architecture of that. It's really interesting. Like, it's a really, really long staircase to just one single room. Yeah. <laughs> it's one room yeah. at the top of a staircase. It's really weird, but fine. Um, and, yeah, they run out and... But Carla trips over the body yeah. of the pimp and the statue goes up in the air, yep. lands and explodes. It's and they... almost good because, like, uh, like it's almost Sandy Johnson doing some good directing. Yep. Because what it should be is everything in fast motion, trip in fast motion, and yep. then the statue flies out. And then when it gets into the air, slow-mo yep. falls yep. to the floor. But yep. instead, <laughs> the slow-mo starts when Carla catches her yeah, foot on yeah, the body yeah, yeah. and so it just gets on forever yeah yeah and does. all the kind of drama is ripped out of it yeah. but it's like nearly good yeah yeah um and then it smashes on the floor and that's two two and a half million quid two and a half million quid gone um and then we cut to a news report of Gillian's body being found yeah. in a hollowed out tree um in gorgon's wood um and you and then it's weird because it was the, a news report and then it just becomes a scene because it like it goes to a close-up of like this like solemn look between Owen Glenda but I'm like well that's not the news broadcast yeah. it's now just part of the episode what but you watching? start yeah you start yeah. as us watching a news broadcast but so that was weird um uh and yeah, yeah they have this kind of look between each other of her she's like you're dead to me and I, you were responsible for all this and he's looking like I'm so ashamed that I had uh, thought I had sex with my niece and they're all playing the subtext of that in the look because they're both yeah. good actors so they're I both doing one. the work yeah. um, which was nice um, and uh, and that's that and then we get to the Daily Moore um, <sighs> yeah which is oh it's just tying up the, st- the story about the woman that's suing Adam that I don't care about. I don't, I've forgotten about this point because we've watched someone be impaled horribly. We, there's all this different stuff. Because the episode's taken a turn for a completely different style yeah. thing, it's so weird to now be back into the Adam Clown storyline. But fine. So they're, they're in, the, in the lawyer's office, aren't yeah. they? Um, and I think the lawyer... I, I was trying to work out where I recognise him from. I, I think a couple of things. I think he might be in... I think he takes over as... Um, as one of the Barnaby assistants for, for uh, Midsummer right, Murders. Right, 
but also you say you remember him from the Peter Sarah Vinovich he's show. Bit, yeah, he's he's one of those guys, uh, a bit like uh, the great Paul Putner, yeah, who we like a lot, who turn up as like, yeah, sort of supporting actors in like sketch, sketch show, sketch comedy, and things like that. He's one of those troops. Um, yeah, and he's in. Uh, I'd really recommend. I mean, anything Peter Sarah Vinovich does is genius. Um. Uh, but yeah, there's a him doing Marlon Brando doing an acting masterclass as a slug. Yeah, it was sort of like as Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, as he Jabba. meant to be. Um, uh, it's just very funny. Um, and he's in yeah the lawyer guy playing the lawyer. Mister McIntosh. But um, yeah, so we get uh, so he... Jonathan's in the office. Carla turns up and is like, oh, I asked him. Uh, you were saying this lawyer is so good. I asked him to look into this thing about this sex doll and that the fact yeah. that they've licensed my likeness and can I sue them? And he says, well, no, you can't because you signed a contract, the company, for them to produce sex toys that look like you. And she, no, I didn't. And then you get a flashback of something we saw earlier where basically a woman tricked her into autographing yeah. the contract, but it was a folded up bit of paper. Yeah. Um, and so she, it's all completely legal. And and that's funny. We care about that story. Um. And then they go, Carla's about to get angry about it and then gets distracted by a terrible smell. Um, and they're all distracted by this horrible smell. And Jonathan says, oh, it's getting nearer. And then Adam uh, comes in and he's come straight from Animal Farm and he's covered uh, in manure and hay. Um, and Val. he says, right, I better go settle up with um, Grandma, Grandma Moses. Moses, who uh, was a, I believe she was an artist. Oh, okay. um, a painter in the early part of the 20th century like I think painted in like the 50s um, but she was famous for not being successful until she was in her late 70s I think oh. which is why she went by the name Grandma Moses because um, yeah she started painting in her 70s and became very very famous at the sort of latter part of her life oh. um, which is interesting so why um, is so why is she why is Adam calling her that because she's old I think is the gag uh, okay oh right yeah, okay i think that's it i think that's the only reason because she's playing an old lady yeah, yeah. um oh. and yeah so it goes in um the, and the lady of course has been faking it the whole time which we all know because hypnotism isn't real and adam yeah. knows that as well so it, all of this is redundant but uh and she yeah because of the bad smell good screams and runs out and that's it that's the end of the episode. that's the end of the series she screams yeah fresh air Fresh air! Yeah, she does. That's the last line of the series. Yeah, of the whole series. Of of, of the, the, the four main series of Jonathan Regan said, this is the last... This is the a last woman screams for fresh air. This is the last scene of Jonathan Creek that we get for years. At Dreadful. It's just horrendous. I hate this episode so much. I hate it. I, I hate I it. Other than, other it was... than a couple of really beautifully shot things. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Sally Johnson. Well done, the DOP. Um, and the nice <laughs> subtext between Owen Glendower and uh, Celia Imri as they look at each other. Though I like those yeah, things. Those Ev- everything else can drive itself off a cliff. I don't... I was trying to work out... Um... Looking a bit of trivia of why what Gorgon's Wood is. Oh, it's the yeah, well, it's it's the three the the the, the Gorgon Medusa and the system, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you've um, Ethia Athe- Athe- Medusa and uh, Eurydice, mm-hmm. and I was like, what's what's that gonna have relevance to? I don't remember that. There's absolutely nothing no, at all. It's not yeah, it's not important. Other than the fact that the, that the bird watcher 
says, of course, it's known as Gorgonswood, but we'll always know it as Gordonswood, which makes Jonathan realise that Owen Dower's real name is Gordon Ogden. But I, I weird things. That, yeah. yeah. Very bizarre. Very it's bizarre. But there you are. That's silly how we episode. end it all. It's silly. And then it's too dark. So like, where, I don't know where you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who that appeals to as a, as a whole episode. Yeah. And, and it really doesn't feel like, like it's rounding off for Carlo Varego, Jonathan Creek. No. Story. No. I mean, nothing, I mean, nothing, I mean, is, is Celia Rimmery going to be arrested for, for or, uh, being complicit in organising a theft of the statue? Or is Owen Glattkendag not going to press charges because he's uh, been involved in an ancestral, right? Like, Carla like, Borrego no, owes Owen Glendower those... £2.3 million. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's nothing, also a big thing. Nothing, nothing's tied up. But then nothing's actually incited in the first place. So it doesn't really matter. You don't have to tie anything up because you don't know why it all happened anyway. It's because we nonsense. still don't know who rang Jonathan. Yeah. Which is the biggest mystery. Who, who rang Jonathan? I mean, what? How, and even if it was Owen Glendower, maybe we missed it. Guys, let us know. Yeah. Now I'm worried. I'm worried because it does seem stupid, even for them, that they wouldn't have bothered to to put something in to explain why Jonathan's there. I just can't. I can't believe it. And also, just for my own sanity and perhaps David's as well, even if you don't normally get in touch, can you just let us know if you also thought it was a different actor playing Dawn? Yeah. Because yeah, we, we're both absolutely convinced that it wasn't the same actor. Yeah. And it, because, it was. Because the problem is, on the one hand, you could say they've done their job well of making one actor look like two different people. But that, but the point was they were meant to look Similar. identical. Yeah. So I feel like they've not done their job that well. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. I'd be, I'd be interested about. to know how, how many of you guys thought it was two different people. Because I'm astounded by that. And also your thoughts on the uh, series in general. Um, it's always nice to hear what you thought of uh, series like four, for example, compared to series one or series three. Um, and uh, we'll be looking forward to getting into some of the specials. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 into uh, I think the Grinning Man, um, which is the first Sheridan Smith. Yeah, I can't remember anything about this. But no, I never do with titles. No, really. I can't unless it's the one about the bath. There's one about a bath that I have in in my memory. How did a bath fill up and then like like someone? Yeah, and I think it's like a bath that's like mechanized. But I uh, right. Uh, yeah, it's like a trapdoor. The bath goes down like I've a Sweeney got... Todd bath. Yes, like a Sweeney. And Todd she's bath. in it. Yeah, she's in she it. Remember, yeah. Yes, yeah. I so absolutely I remember. think that might be the Grinning Man, or that could be the Judas Tree. I can't remember which one. It's it's one of the next two. But yeah, we've still got like seven more to go because there's great. there's four the four episodes of uh, Sarah Alexander years as well. So uh, playing his wife. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we will be back next week with the first uh of yeah the kind of later years of Jonathan. The later <laughs> years. Um, oh, lovely. And of course, yeah, we will be back with another Any Requests on uh, Thursday. We were, we are looking at our top 10 staycation ideas. So a bit, of a bit of a travel episode. From yeah, us, I feel like fun. we should be doing this whilst walking down a sandy beach and a camera yeah. kind of does a long pan. Yeah, presented um, by Bamba Gascoigne. It, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, he was obviously, can you imagine Bamba Gascoigne being like, place of the sun? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be interesting. 
So that's it for season four. That's it from us for this week. Uh, Stay safe. Look after yourselves. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Macabre Podcaster. You can find us on Gmail at podcastermacabre at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, fb.me forward slash podcastermacabre. And of course, do like, share and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, be it Google Play, Spotify, iTunes or any other platform. Uh, In the meantime, I've been David Chopland. And I've been Callum Hughes. Don't be a Jim Hawkins, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye.